Welcome to the Lee Sloan Podcast. I believe that ideas and conversations have consequences, consequences that impact generations to come. Thanks for joining me today. Together, let's be brave enough to think, brave enough to feel, brave enough to change the world, one brave conversation at a time. Today, I'm happy to introduce you to a longtime friend of mine named Byron Easterling. Now, I like to call Byron a VIP. Not only is he a very important person, but he's a very interesting person as well. He has been a musician, a minister, and even a pro golfer. And so I just really admire his heart for hearing the voice of God, for helping people activate the dream inside of them, and also being a great example to us of how we can activate the dreams inside ourselves. Today, I just want to get a little more, bit more insight from Byron on how he incorporates God and his voice into his everyday brave conversations. I feel like um, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they asked me, I said, um, why do you have the, why as an introvert, do you find that you're able to connect with people? Because... You know, my idea of a, of a good time is to sh- shut the door <laughs> and be alone. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, they're like, but you connect with all these people all over the world. How, how do you do that? And I started thinking about this, and I realized it was, I was in high school. It was early years of my high school. My mom was an extreme extrovert. She was a very extrovert person. And she was always pushing me, always pushing me. And one day I said, you know, Mom, I don't know who to ask out. And, you know, a high school kid, you know, a high school boy especially. And and um, and true to my mom's form, she goes, just ask them all out. <laughs> That's good. Good strategy. <laughs> and, and, and that was, I don't know why, but I, it was like I recalled that moment. And that is what set everything into motion for me is that I don't have to have fear to start conversation. Mm. That people want conversation, but so many people don't know, one, how to start them, or they don't, they're afraid to start a conversation that they might say something wrong or do something wrong, and yet so many people are hungry for that relational dynamic. And it it seems like the the bike metaphor, like it's always the hardest to get, on a bike and start it going but once it's going it's like oh this isn't bad this is easy (laughs) yeah yeah, absolutely and that's you know i i um i don't know if i really took my mom's i thought she was kind of silly at that moment but (laughs) i remember walking across i went to university of miami to study jazz piano there in florida and i remember walking across campus as an 18 year old and i just started saying hello to people and nobody was saying hello to anybody walking across campus. Yeah. Knew and I had a route that I went, and every day I just, I would have, you know, the times, and I would just see people and go, hey, how's it, how's it going? Just to connect, just to yeah. say hello. And that took so much for me to do. It was like just pulling, it was like painful yeah. just to go, because <laughs> it's like, I just want my head down, go home, and, and you know, and, and yet from that, all these great friendships developed and you know because finally I was walking along with this young lady she just you know this girl my age 
young lady now, but <laughs> <laughs> um, and and she goes, why do you ask, why do you say that? Why do you always say hello to me? Uh-huh. And, I, and I'm, like, I'm like, because you're a person. <laughs> conversations but it's fear that stops us from doing it yeah. and fear that we'll be that we won't be liked or fear that there's something in us that you know won't you know I, my mom just told me don't worry about it just ask questions yeah just say just, yeah. just open it just open the door right and it's like okay yeah now she had to force me out of that you know and I think that applies into where I've been throughout my life is that there's been this thing in me that is like I have in me this thing she she deposited in my life that I believe people do want conversation yeah not not to bother people yeah (laughs) flying on airplanes you understand that Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) it's, it's like if somebody's buried in a corner and they're trying to sleep then please don't, don't yeah sure <laughs> but you know if um it's like it's like you're sitting next to somebody and you're you're inches away from them i i've flown over three million air miles and that's a lot of air miles that's a lot of people to sit next to and never say a word for hours at a time mm-hmm. and it just it's like at least, so if I sit down, I'll at least say, hi, how's it going? You know? Yeah. But most people won't do that. They yeah. They sit there. And, and I'm like, <laughs> at, at least say hello. I don't I know. If you put your headset on, yeah. I know you don't want to talk. That's perfectly fine. Right. Uh-huh. I, I don't need to talk. <laughs> but you're, we're going to be traveling for the next four hours. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge my presence, yeah. And, it, you know, it just knowing that we're eternal beings and that, like, it gives validity to, to who you are. Like, I see you, I know you. I, I might not know you, but I see you and I, and I acknowledge you as a person. That's huge. Like, even they, I've heard they've said this for um, for homeless people. Like, just look at them and just, like, it, it makes a big difference. A lot of people don't even look, don't even wave, don't even do anything. But, like, you're a person, whether I give you money or not. Like, yeah, you're a person. <laughs> that's so, that's very, that's cool information. Yeah. And, wow. uh, yeah, I heard that, I heard also that, um, that people who live past the age of 100, um, one of the big factors they saw in their lives was that they were able to talk to people around them, that they engaged in their community. Not, not people who knew them. Right. But people they didn't know, and that that actually helped them live longer. Wow. <laughs> My next door neighbor is like ninety four years old. Uh huh. She, <laughs> she's you. You have to plan because if she's outside, you are going to stop and talk. And you know it's just, but it's awesome. She's she's gone. She's out. She's moving all the time. She's on the go. The other day, I had I'd been traveling for a couple of weeks, and I hadn't seen her, but she hadn't seen me either. And she's out getting her trash bin, you know. And so it's like I'm getting my trash bin, she's getting her trash bin, and she stops me and she goes, "Byron, I just want to make sure you know I'm not dead." <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, 
know, she engages with people all the time. Yep, and that's probably why she's living so long. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, holy cow. Yeah, well, so, so how do you... How then do you bring God, like, bring God along for the conversation Um, when, you know, maybe you have a a difficult conversation or maybe it's just one of those that you don't know anything about the person, but, you know, God kind of drops something in in your your knower, I guess. And then, you know, what do you do with that? And how how do you interact that way? I think our minds are amazing that we can actually be carrying on a conversation and receiving downloads from from God and processing that download, that understanding while we're having a legit conversation. And I I think that's, um, it started for me with um, the simple little booklet called The Practice of the Presence of God. Mm. And, you know, Brother Lawrence, I think it's from the 1600s. And, he wrote these letters to his bishop, and it was these letters back and forth. It's a simple book, The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence, and they're mm-hmm. just letters, and they talk about his life and how, I mean, he was he was a monk, but he was a serf, he was a serf, I mean, he mostly worked in the kitchen or the garden. He didn't, he wasn't some major, mm-hmm. you know, but he had this amazing ability to converse with God and know his presence and know that God was with him at all times. And I was, I I think you have to, I know this is kind of a little bit esoteric Mm -hmm. in the sense of how I look at it, but if I don't know God is bigger than I am, then I can't carry on that conversation with him. Hmm. Otherwise, I could be having a conversation with you, but if I don't believe my God is bigger, if I don't believe God is bigger than all the universe, that, that it's his creation, that it's all of the things that have been said about him mm-hmm. that are good and true, that, you know, then I'm going to think little, that there is nothing, and I'm going to close my mind to what is available there. So mm-hmm. I, I know that's, I'm not saying this well, but... Um, it's a, um, there's a, there's a knowledge that has to come into our being that we know God is bigger than us in order for us to listen to what he's saying. So what would because, be, I guess, what would be the opposite of that, that kind of mindset? Well, I think when we receive things and we say, good question, when we, I think when we, when we hear something, we're in a conversation, we hear something, you and I are talking and I hear something and the next thing I just say, that's just, that's just interference. I'm just, because I'm not thinking that God could actually speak into my life at that moment. Mm. I'm not actually thinking that God is big enough to come in and carry on an internal conversation while I'm carrying on an external conversation. So you're saying that you would you would maybe filter that out and not think anything of it? Absolutely. Yeah. I think we do that a lot. Yeah. I think I think and for me that's the, the the first for me is opening the conversation. Otherwise not being afraid to open the conversation and talk about that. The second for me is is being willing to, to think that those those thoughts in our head might be a part of this conversation. Right. And and it's not just necessarily a thought in my head. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's a part of 
it's, it's well, it is a thought. It is a thought. It's bigger than that. <laughs> yeah, and, and so, and I guess that's the age-old question, you know, is it my own thoughts or is it God's? Yeah, right, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and I, I think that's where, that's where why people don't get involved in conversation in the first place is they, they have a question or they have a comment and they go, you know, I'm going to sound stupid or I don't know if this is, is this just me? And it's like, well, who really cares? <laughs> right. <laughs> who cares? Coming out of your mouth, it could be you or it could be anything. <laughs> to be honest with you, if somebody is, you know, if somebody isn't going to, if, if I say something wrong, that's going to offend them so badly that they never speak to me again. I suppose it. So be it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, mean, I just don't think that's possible. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to. I'm not speaking against them. Right. But I think when I hear something, and I'm in that conversation, I at that moment something is triggered in my spirit. It's like I'm hearing something that's attaching itself to a conversation, and I'm going, oh, something deeper in me, you know, something mm-hmm. true so true in me is going this is what we used to call a divine moment right and this is a moment of 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 acceleration of god mm-hmm. that he's actually involved himself in our conversation now right and all and now i'm having this conversation with god as I'm having a conversation mm-hmm. with the person across from me, and I'm going, okay, what's what's this about? Yeah. What? How, how can I? You know, and it's usually for me, a lot of times in these conver- it's conversations, it's usually a question more than a comment. Yeah. I find that so, so many you, you were listening to what I was saying, and you weren't totally. I wasn't able to express well what I was saying before. Mm-hmm. And you came up with a question. Right. Was that was that a mental exercise or was that a God moment? You know, that's where I have to go. It was such a good turn in the conversation. And that's what, when we hear those things from the Father, they're incredible, these transitional moments in conversation. Right. It can take a relationship deeper. It can take the conversation broader mm-hmm. because we're we're including an author. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're including an author into our mix that that is following the whole understands all of us. Right. And understands the nature of each person in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I find that a lot of times instead of it being a comment it's a question. Mm-hmm. It's this God drops a question in my spirit. And and I'm like, oh, I've got to ask. Like, somebody will say something and it's like, oh, I need to know more about that. When we get that download and a question is asked, it, it, it turns the conversation, it deepens things, it opens up. And I think that's, that's where the real connect happens. I, I think it's so much of of brave conversations mm-hmm. <laughs> just in general in life are are due to the fact that we've we're asking questions of the person not 
giving comments only mm-hmm. on the top. And because the question opens up the heart and the mind of the person. Yeah. And when I hear, what I often, like I said, what I often receive from God are questions or they're comments in the form of a question. And I need that. A lot of times I'll hear a word. Somebody will say a word in a conversation and I'll go, oh, I, I, I've got to know more about what they mean by that word. What do you mean by that word? Explain what that word means. And all of a sudden now I've dug deeper into your life. Yeah. I get to know you more at that moment. Instead of it just being rattling off information to each other, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I go, what does that word mean to you? And you start expressing that word. And that usually for me comes from the Father. Yeah. Those are the kinds of things I find in my life. So it kind of narrows in on truth and what what is true for the person and, and helps clarify and crystallize kind oh, of. Oh, wow. that's that's what I'm getting out of it (laughs) it does for me and and for me also what I found is mostly we we love to do these things called the hub we just call them the hub but Mm -hmm. they're our table it's at our table we invite friends over and you know if you've got six to eight ten people around your table during the course of a meal and we don't leave the table we stay there for several hours we're like I don't want to go have a meeting that's Mm -hmm. not what we're doing we're not here to have a meeting. Yeah. We're here to disperse. And, and in the process, there'll be, you know, three or four conversations going. And all of a sudden, I'll hear something in my spirit. And I'm having this conversation. And literally, I will. I'll stop that person and say, gosh, I need to know more. What does that mean? Well, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about that. Yeah. In that moment, it's almost immediate. Everybody now is in on the conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I find it so intriguing because it's like everybody was having great conversations, two or three, or mm-hmm. you know, three or four, and now all of a sudden, one question pulling out the heart of a person gathered everybody right. because th- there was room now. Because you and, went below the surface. Yeah. And it seems like we're so weary of staying on the surface in our conversations. <laughs> Thus, brave conversations. <laughs> I mean, we're so, I get weary of it. I don't know if, I I mean, you know, maybe some people are great small talkers, but I think that we're so accustomed to that because of our, we're scared to go a little bit deeper that, um, that yeah, everyone, everyone's ears are going to perk up when someone's actually getting to the heart of it. (laughs) Well, and I think too, the other side of that is there is when you ask a question, it's, of, of a word, not the person, not saying, hey, what do you think about this? No, it's more about, tell me about that. What what does that mean to you? All of a sudden, I'm not demanding them to unleash something about themselves that's, that's it's more, again, it's conversational. It's what I think, because then I can go, oh, what does that mean to you? You yeah. know, it's, it becomes a conversation because mm-hmm. then other people start going, oh, tell me about this. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's an amazing experience to me um, yeah. because it's, it's not demanding them. It's not demanding to say right out. Where do you, you know, stand on this or what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Which is not bad because there's yeah. some people love that. Yeah. I mean, but, but in a, but in a relational dynamic, if you're looking to build a mm-hmm. relational issue right. for me, 
And it gives people, like, even if, if they do have a stance, so to speak, it gives people a way to where they're not indelibly connected to their stance where they can actually think about things in a different way. And, like, actually, I don't know if I think that, you know? And Yeah. I was sitting um, at the table, um, and this guy kept using, and, and this, it was a political issue. Mm-hmm. And it was um, very conservative, nothing wrong with that. They had moved from the far northwest of our country, um, but conservatives nonetheless, mm-hmm. obviously. Not, um, and, um, and, I, and they were saying some things, and I stopped and I, I said, I, I said, I feel like you swallowed the blue pill. <laughs> and they said what and I said I feel like you swallowed the blue pill and that was something that it was just something that came into my spirit again it was one of those and that was a little more confrontational than I normally do mm-hmm. but I was and he, and he goes what and I said well you know you kind of you kind of bit off a big chunk of the you know Republican party and um kind of just toe in the line and I said there's nothing wrong with that but I said there's no balance in it I said as a believer I'm not looking to become a Republican or a Democrat I'm mm-hmm. looking to become a, 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 a dynamic believer mm-hmm. and, and what and he kind of looks at me and says I don't think so I don't think I've done that and everybody around the table stops and they, you know, some people didn't even know it but they've been listening to the conversation, <laughs> and they said, "No, nah, you swallowed the blue pill." <laughs> <laughs> and and it created out of nowhere. Again, it created. Now that was a brave moment for me because mm-hmm. I normally I'm very relaxed in my questions, but this mm-hmm. was more confrontational in the sense of you swallowed the blue pill. That's mm-hmm. a little. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> yeah. And and um, but all of a sudden it opened up a conversation that everybody got involved with. That now, this is several years ago, has created friendships from that across the country. That they're now getting together with each other, and they're you know, and mm. I'm like, wow, that's. That's 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 what happens when you listen right. to those inner that inner voice of God going, Hey, he swallowed the blue pill and or yeah. tell me about yeah. like, what you really mean by that. It seems almost like a shortcut, you know, in some ways. Oh wow, yeah. To the God God gives you little shortcuts when he puts words in your mind like that that yeah. can cut across some of the um, the arguments that you might come up with on your own, you know? Yeah. But we have to believe, and I think this is the thing. People, you said it. We have that old argument. Is it me or is it God? Mm-hmm. And, and the reality is, if we've been seeking him, then is he such an ogre that if we did miss it, Mm-hmm. That he would be so upset with us, <laughs> you know, yeah. that he would never speak to us again. Right. You know? Well, also, if we say it in such a way that is has to be, thus saith the Lord, then, you know, 
if we if we say it in a way that's like, hey, this is just just saying it out of your yeah. own mouth, it can yeah. be you, and it, you can get away with it being you because you're not saying it's <laughs> it's the, yes. written yeah. down as you know <laughs> the yeah. authority. Yeah, that that's. well yeah it's it's um i think that people are realizing in this especially in our time that we live in that that the a lot of times the the softer approach is actually the more powerful one (laughs) and um people are not there is not a lot of authoritarianism in our culture anymore so people are really not i found people aren't really going to listen to you because of your authority, you know, what you say is your authority or anything like that, they're going to be compelled um, uh, right. by, by an idea or a, even, even a stance of humility that you take, you know, that can go a long way. That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I think we've just entered such an incredible new age of in the kingdom. Yeah. That's a whole nother subject. Yeah. So what what do you think happens spiritually in a conversation? It changes everything when the conversation isn't about me only, mm-hmm. but it's about us. Yeah. Right. And so there's this you know, I talked about that moment when there was this turn in the conversation because I, I had this word or I had this thought or I had, you know, a question and, and it turns the conversation. It, it, it happens to me. It happened just a moment ago when you asked me mm-hmm. something and it turned the conversation. There was actually a spiritual dynamic in it that hit. there's an atmosphere mm-hmm. in that change. And, and I don't know, but that's happening because we're doing this um not face to face and we're doing it over media the same atmosphere is affected in your uh the room you're sitting in and the room i'm sitting in Mm -hmm. there's actually atmosphere change even though we're we're thousand we're over a thousand miles away wow you know but the atmosphere is the same the atmosphere changes and something connects into our into our hearts into our minds into our spirit into our soul and you begin to you all of a sudden the conversation here's what happens conversation causes people to trust right Mm -hmm. it causes people to say oh i i trust that person right i can i can have a deeper conversation with them and they're not going to just turn their back on me or they value, like you said, they value me. Mm-hmm. There's a worth here, but I also value them. And it was a, because that atmosphere literally changes. And I don't care if you believe in God or not that because you can't take God out of the atmosphere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you can't just go, well, I don't believe in God. Well, the classic line from County Monte Cristo, when, 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 the, when, uh, when Ed, Edmund says to the priest in prison, well, I don't believe in God. And the priest turns and says, yes, but God believes in you. And, you know, you can't take God mm-hmm. out of the mix. You just can't. So even anybody can hit this moment 
because I think it becomes selfless. It's a selfless conversation. It's about it's about carrying on something deeper than just this is about me. Mm-hmm. You know, this is I want to I want to discover something. I want to yes, I might be talking about me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but there's a connect where I'm I'm also it's not so self centered that it's feed me feed me right. Feed me. And and that's count that's counterintuitive because we we all want more to feel more significant about ourselves, but we're gonna find yeah. it when we look at the significance of other people. That's where yeah. we really find it, yeah. And so when two people do that, there's this atmospheric change that allows for a deepening of a friendship. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just think, wow, that's that's when you kind of go. You know, you walk away going, you, you, there's a, there's a, a satisfaction in the heart. There's a satisfaction in the mind. There's a, there, you're going, oh my gosh, that was, that was a great conversation. Yeah. And really, what you're saying is, I really like that person. Yeah. You know. Right. And when you say that personally about somebody else, all being triggered. I still think it's triggered by God because I think there's just divine moments on the earth, whether you believe in God or not, Mm -hmm. there's divine moments on the earth that God is interacting with people all the time. Mm -hmm. And whether it's a thought or whether it's just, you know, it's, there's trust, there's value. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden I, I, you know, that person is more than just somebody sitting across the aisle. Yeah. Don't don't you think that's what our society needs more than anything now? I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. I wish I could have captured your face on the. <laughs> Check my phone. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. I don't want to be against phones because I, I I love. I, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say oh phones are bad, media is bad, right. social media is bad. I'm like forget it. That's not right. Right. It's, is, yeah, it, we are hungry for it, and it's not because it's not because of phones. It's not no. because of social media. It's it, it's it's be, again. This is a bigger picture. There's a bigger picture happening on the earth right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't want to leave this podcast today without telling you about Byron's book, Dream Big, Dream Often. I read it years ago. It's a quick read, but it's really powerful. You can get it on Amazon. And it talks about his journey as he's dreaming about becoming a pro golfer. And this is later into his life and and just that whole journey of dreaming. And so he talks about three different types of dreamers in the book. And I went ahead and asked him about that. So check it out. Um, So... What I discovered along the process was there are three types of dreamers, and I correlate them. I can't do it in the book because it's it's too complicated to get. Uh, anyway, but I, I correlate them with Winnie the Pooh characters. <laughs> <laughs> so you have your risk taker, you have your regretter, and you have the repressed dreamer. And if you think about characters within... Um, uh, Winnie the Pooh, immediately when you say risk taker, that would be Tigger. Tigger, right. That, 
he bounces wherever he goes. He's not afraid. He's just going to jump in. And that that's a risk taker. That's a, that's where you want to be, ultimately. You mm-hmm. want to be a risk taker in your dreams. You want to be able to step out and, and, and move into it. But there's a process. There's regretters. Regretters are are, are rabbit to me. Mm-hmm. They in the a book, a lot of in the books, Rabbit was always kind of on the sidelines, you know, always concerned, always, oh my gosh, I tried this once before and it didn't work, so I don't want to do it again. And that's a regretter. That that's a healing process of going through. Um, I think there's a lot of people in the regretting stage of their life, and and then the the third is a repressed dreamer. Now I didn't when I got into all this, I was. I was praying through all this and writing the book, and I got in and I thought, well, what about Eeyore? Eeyore is just this, never mind. You know? Yeah, negative, yeah. Like, I, you know, I don't have anything. I, and I started realizing there are a lot of repressed dreamers that... Mm either it got stuffed down so they never got to dream they never they weren't ever able to dream or they they just it's not they can't find a way they don't see a dream in their life there's nothing there i found so many people who are repressed dreamers who either mm-hmm. had shut down so you know if you're a risk taker you have to learn to slow down a little bit mm-hmm. you have to learn what that means a regretter, uh, somebody who's a who's a regretter who, who regrets what's happened in their life. They have, they need that healing in their heartbeat, in their mind to go. It's okay to go after the dream again. Yeah. It's not a failing. It's not a fail or not fail machine. This is not school. Mm-hmm. This is something buried in you. Yeah. That's in your heart. And the repressed dreamers, they just need a minute to breathe and let have the time to say. Go do something. It's almost similar to the the conversation about conversations because we think they're not, we think these things are not worthwhile, but we think they're extra and that they're Uh, not part of what uh, real life is. (laughs) We think they're kind of icing on the cake if we need it, but they really are the cake. They really are what life is. (laughs) You know? I mean, your dream, your dream matters because other people are attached to it, and um, yes, you know that is so true. Yeah. So, but we, but we like to just, well, we're comfortable with believing that we just need to be cogs in a wheel, or you know, just producers, and and we're not producing the thing God really created us to produce. Because yeah. it's hard. Because we're really putting, we're, we're being vulnerable with with our lives. Just like we're vulnerable yeah. in a conversation, it's scary to do Absolutely. that. Why live on this earth without doing that? You know, without and, risking that. And I, I think the key is, I'm still, it, I'm 64 years old, <laughs> <laughs> and let's say it was 14 or 15 when my mom originally encouraged me just to step out. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of years. Yeah. And I'm still just as tentative internally every time. <laughs> I still have to step across the line. Right. I still, every time somebody sits down next to me on a plane, I don't <laughs> what? But if I don't, I know it's not going to happen. 
Well, that's all the time we have today with Byron Easterling. I hope you'll check out his book on Amazon. Go to SoundCloud and download his podcast. And also he's on YouTube. You can check out some more material that he has there. You can have him at your church sometime or organization. So I really would encourage you to stay brave. Have some great conversations this week. As we've seen today, you never know how much one conversation can change your life or the life of someone you know. 